0: And now, Father, would you speak through your sermon? Would you work through uh, my thoughts? And would you work through my words? And most importantly, would you work through your scriptures that we know contain power, contain life-giving, sword-cutting words? Would you work this morning, God? In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. He's been doing it since the beginning of time. If you think about it, that long God's been doing this. It started probably when He, uh, when the, when His Spirit was hovering over the face of the deep. Remember, there was void. There was nothing. It's Genesis one. There's nothing, and out of nothing comes light. Right? Let there be light. And then there's land. And then there's waters. And then there's people. Four people, animals and plants. There, there's living things. Out of what? Out, out of this void. Out, out of nothing. He's been doing this for a long time. You, if, remember Noah, right? Noah and his family who had faith in God, the faith that would build an ark on dry land when everybody else says you're crazy. And God was doing it then when, when the flood happened and everything is wiped out, everything is destroyed except a family and some animals in a boat. And then there's this sign, right? The the dove brings back a branch. Life. There's life in in a place that's just wasteland. just, Just water. Just water. He did it for Abraham and Sarah. Right? No hope for children. There's no way. There's just no way. They're way too old. And God says, I'm going to give you a child. And Sarah laughs and says, yeah, right. And God hears it and, and still gives her the child. That, that's what he does. He's been doing it for a long time. He did it for Hannah, remember? Hannah, who's in the, in the temple praying, oh, God. And, and, and Eli, who says, uh, no, she must be drunk or something. In fact, I don't think she was in a temple yet, because they didn't build a temple. But she was, she was praying in a public place. And, and God said, yep, out of that barrenness, I'm going to make life. So, this is what God does. We see it throughout the scripture. It happens all over the place. It often happens in spectacular ways that, that arrest your attention. God takes something that is lifeless and barren, without hope, And he says, I'm going to do something with that. I'm going to bring life out of it. God makes life in barren places. Not just Elizabeth. It's what he does. And most certainly, he does it with our salvation. We took communion this morning, which which reminds us that we too have new life. I mean, there's a reason God says examine your hearts before communion, because if you take communion, the assumption is, I should be seeing that new life working itself through me. I'm not sinless, but I should be sinning less. That's that new life flowing through me. So is there unconfessed sin? That's why we examine our hearts. Am I living according to what I know and believe to be true? And as we looked at the week of Thanksgiving, God doesn't change like shifting shadows, James 1 says. He doesn't act inconsistent with his nature. What God loves doing, since the moment he said, let there be light, is he loves taking barren, lifeless, void nothingness and calling life out of it. That's what he does. So let's look again at the story of Elizabeth. Would you turn your Bibles to Luke chapter 1? Luke chapter 1. I think I've heard a lot of sermons about Zechariah, the husband. Not so many on Elizabeth. And and her part is wonderful. It's wonderful. And I'm happy to be looking at that this morning with you all. Luke chapter 1. Now, Luke is the only gospel writer to actually call your attention to the, the, the crazy, miraculous birth of John the Baptist. I mean, this is really about John the Baptist, who is really about Jesus, right? Because John the Baptist is only there to, to say, Jesus is the one. I'm preparing the way for Christ. He was fulfilling Old Testament prophecy. He was the Elijah that was supposed to come. And uh, Luke, for whatever reason, decided, I want to include the story about how he was born. I want to talk about John the Baptist's parents, Elizabeth and Zechariah. And, and, and as you know, I don't know if you ever thought about this, but if you're a gospel writer... You know, Matthew, Mark, Luke, or John. And you've got you, you've got your writing implement, and you've got your scroll. You have a limited amount of space, right? You, you can't write infinitely on that scroll. It's not a computer program where I can just go to page 500 whatever. That's why John says, you know, if we were to write everything Jesus did, we wouldn't have enough books for that. And so the gospel writers had to choose what to write about and what details to give us. So every detail is important. And only Luke decides to give us Elizabeth and Zechariah. So here it is. verse Chapter 1, verse 5. We're page 714 or so if you have uh, a pew Bible around that area. In the time of, Ki- of Herod, king of Judea, there was a priest named Zechariah who belonged to the priestly division of Abijah. His wife Elizabeth was, al- was also a descendant of Aaron. Both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless because Elizabeth was not able to conceive, and they were both very old. Once when Zechariah's division was on duty, and he was serving as priest before God, he was chosen by lot, according to the custom of the priesthood, to go into the temple of the Lord and burn incense. And when the time for the burning of incense came, all the assembled worshippers were praying outside, Zechariah asked the angel, How can I be sure of this? I'm an old man and my wife is well along in years. The angel said to him, I am Gabriel. I stand in the presence of God and I've been sent to speak to you and to tell you this good news. And now you'll be silent and not able to speak until the day this happens because you did not believe my words which come true at their appointed time. Meanwhile, the people were waiting for Zechariah and wondered why he stayed so long in the temple. When he came out, he could not speak to them. When he came out... Uh, when he came out, they could not speak to them. They realized he had seen a vision in the temple, for he kept making signs to them, but remained unable to speak. When the time of his service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. The Lord has done this for me, she said. In these days he has shown his favor and taken away my disgrace among the people. We'll pause there. God makes life out of barrenness. He loves doing it. And of course you can see the echoes here with some of those Old Testament saints that also were childless. If you look with me though at verse 5 and 6 and 7, you get a description of the couple. It's just telling you kind of who they are. So who are they in verse 5, 6, and 7? Well, you got this priest, Zechariah. He's a Levite, in other words. He's in the division of Abijah. Each division was about, I believe, 5,000 priests. His wife is Elizabeth, who's also a descendant of Aaron. So they're both in this priestly line. They're both Levites from the tribe of Levi. It says, both of them were righteous in the sight of God, observing all the Lord's commands and decrees blamelessly. But they were childless. Elizabeth wasn't able to conceive and they were both very old. So what's the description tell you about them? These are great people. They're great people. Would they make good parents? No, they'd make great parents. Would they make great grandparents? They'd make amazing grandparents. It makes you wonder if they like had kind of like other families around them that they kind of adopted as their own kids and grandkids. It makes you wonder. Because they're good people. They love the Lord. Which tells us, and Luke, like I'm saying, Luke gives us these details for a reason. He doesn't just say a priest and his wife weren't able to have a kid. No, he's he's saying these are great, God-fearing people who were both from the priestly line of Levi. The details are important, and they tell us that even God's best servants walk through barren places. I mean, do you see that? Luke goes out of his way to say, this is an amazing couple. There's no reason for them to be childless, except that they are. That's just the way it is. And they're amazing. God's best servants walk through barren places. And so you can imagine... Uh, How Elizabeth felt, we just read it um, in the latter verses we read when she said, my reproach has been uh, removed. That's how she says it. That is um, in verse 25. Oh, the way the NIV says it, uh, he's taken away my disgrace. Other translations say, he's removed my reproach. That's verse 26. Um, Elizabeth lived with this sense of disgrace. You've got all of these verses in the Old Testament that talk about how God's going to bless you and give you children. That's one of the blessings in Deuteronomy, actually. If you obey Torah, if you obey the commandments of God, He will give you kids. That's in there. It's in Deuteronomy. And so you can imagine, she knows these verses. I mean, she's in the priestly line. She gets it. She knows her Bible. And yet, that blessing, which usually that's the way it is, hasn't worked itself out in her life that way. And then you have uh, Proverbs 31, right? The, the amazing woman of Proverbs 31 that we're, that women are supposed to uh, look at and say, I'll never measure up, right? <laughs> I've heard ladies say that. But it, it's describing... A godly woman. It's not supposed to be putting you down. It's supposed to be just an encouragement. Here's, this is good. And you read in Proverbs 31, right? Her children will rise up and call her blessed. Unless, of course, you don't have children. And so, you have woven into the Old Testament texts many passages that refer to God's blessing and children. And Elizabeth, instead of people giving her the benefit of the doubt saying, you're a wonderful woman. You are the Proverbs 31 woman. God just hasn't given this to you. Instead of looking at it in a more mature way, the the text says she's lived with reproach. Barren, whatever that word is in her language, would have been a, a, a dirty word, a hard word, a word you didn't want to talk about. And God was trusting his best to walk in this barren place. And he does that with us. Sometimes we look at our lives and say, why is this so broken? Why can't I fix this relationship I've tried so hard? Why is it that I taught my daughter all of these biblical things and I don't see her walking in it today? If I train up a child, isn't that how it's supposed to go? And we don't see the text the biblical text, working itself through and something in our life. And the temptation is to blame God or the temptation is to blame yourself and to live in disgrace. And yet this text is, Luke is clearly trying to say that's not how it is. Barrenness may only indicate... What a wonderful, faithful servant you really are. That's what Luke's trying to say. That's what God's trying to say. So, what is God doing here? What what is God doing in this barren place? Well, Zechariah gets chosen by Lot to serve in the temple. Uh that is a huge honor. You have no idea. It's a huge honor. Because because if there's 5 if you got four divisions of priests and about 5,000 priests in each division what is that? 20,000 priests. So so you get your shot. The lot were well, the lot was cast and and it fell to Zechariah. He gets to go in there and serve in the temple. And the people are, are outside praying. He's at the altar of incense lighting that. And the incense, of course, symbolizes prayer, right? Because incense rises and prayer rises to God. And he sees an angel who doesn't identify himself yet. He doesn't say, I'm Gabriel. He just appears and says, you're going to have a child. Your prayer's been heard. That's what he says, right? In fact, the name Zechariah actually means God remembers. just so happens. God remembers God heard your prayer You're, and so i 'm reading this going, well did he, did he pray like in i don't understand like when, when the angel says, "God heard your prayer, does that mean he was praying right then in the temple for the for the, for a child, or was it a, a prayer in the past? because Zechariah, when he hears this, he says, "Well, can you give me a sign because we 're both really old." <laughs> He says, I'm old, my wife's advanced in years. That's a nice way of saying it, right? You know, I'm old, my wife's getting up there, you know. <laughs> Elizabeth taught him to say that, I'm sure. <laughs> um, anyway, I'm old. And uh, and the angel says, you're old, but I'm I'm Gabriel, right? I'm Gabriel. You know where I get to hang out? Do you know who sent me to talk to you about this? And because you didn't believe, you're not going to be able to talk until it happens. And then you can tell everybody what you saw in here. But you're not talking about it right now. You think this was sign enough that I'm standing here. I'm I'm, I'm paraphrasing now, I'm adding, but um, that's kind of the idea. That's the idea. And so Zechariah is struck mute. He only knows that he's supposed to call his child John. (laughs) They wanted a son. And now they get one. And now, now look, 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 at what, look at what Elizabeth does here. Uh, you've got verse uh, 26. In the six months of Elizabeth's pregnancy... Oh, I'm sorry. I'm back up at 23. Um, when the time of the service was completed, he returned home. After this, his wife Elizabeth became pregnant and for five months remained in seclusion. Maybe, we're not sure why she was in seclusion, but maybe because she was so old, she was trying to take it very easy on herself. That's, that's very wise. That's that's probably a good guess as to why she remained in seclusion. Verse 25, Elizabeth says, The Lord has done this for me. In these days he has shown his favor and has taken away my disgrace among the people. Now, get this. What we're saying here is, God brings life to barren places. He makes life out of barrenness. But when he brings life, he brings life to highlight his spectacular plan. When God brings life, To barrenness. When God does something that only God can do. Like, oh my goodness, I went into the doctor and my problem is gone. What is up with that? Uh, My dad finally called me and we're doing good now. What is that? When, when, When God brings life out of barrenness, he does it to highlight his miraculous, spectacular Power and plan. He's saying, look what I did. Give me glory. Give me glory because not anybody could do this. Do you see what I did here? I love bringing life to lifeless places. It's his specialty. Um, Elizabeth says, in these days God did it. In other words, I had to wait quite a bit. And these days, God has shown his favor. It wasn't my plan. It wasn't my timing. It was God's plan, God's timing. And yes, I walked in barrenness for many, 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 many years. But now, all of that's been reversed. And one day, every barren place in our life, at least, I'm not saying every relationship will be fixed because there's a measure of free will there. But but many of the areas of our life that are just broken will be fixed. Again, not against people's free will. But God loves bringing life into our lives. Elizabeth and Zechariah wanted a son. What God gave them was a prophet. I mean... I want my, my, my kids to be healthy, I want my kids to be strong, that's what you want, you, you want your kids to be God-fearing kids, I want my kids to know the Lord, but I don't know that I've ever prayed that my my kids would be a, a spectacular spiritual leader in, in, in the United States of America, that they would be known worldwide for, for their spiritual fervor for God. I don't know if I've ever prayed that, maybe I should. And I don't know that they ever prayed that either. I don't know if they ever said, "God, give us a prophet, <laughs> give us this person that's going to be known in Israel as as someone that's going to turn kids back to their fathers and fathers back to their kids. Give us someone who's going to bring revival to our land." They didn't. Pr- I don't know if they prayed those prayers. We're not told. I think they just prayed for a, a child, and God says, "You are going to wait a long time, but when my plan, when the timing is right." I'm going to answer that prayer in a spectacular way. I'm giving you a prophet. And that makes you wonder what amazing things God has left for us that he just hasn't revealed yet. It makes you wonder. God brings life to barren places. I think I think in, in the fabric of our existence is... This cycle of death and rebirth. I mean, you see it everywhere. You see it in the seasons, right? We're in this season called winter. Yeah, I think it's still fall, but for all intents and purposes, right? <laughs> We're in winter. And uh, it's kind of a season of, of we celebrate Christmas. I'm not taking away from Christmas, but it's this cycle of things are dying, right? Things are dead. We're not seeing new flowers. We're not decorating our homes with them, um, but spring is coming, and then you get new life. And that's going to happen every single year. We're not skipping a winter, you know? I mean, as much as you might not want it, we're not skipping one. Because we go through these cycles of life, death, rebirth. It's just the way it goes. In fact, our bodies are built that way, right? Your skin is built that way. I never tell my kids, uh, kids, would you go dust? Would you go take the TV and like get my skin cells off of it? You know, it's kind of gross. I call it dusting, right? That's what we say. It's dusting. But but all that is is there is there is death happening on my body all the time, and and God has built it in a way that my skin renews itself about every five weeks. Every five weeks, I get new skin, and the dust accumulates. <laughs> that's what happens and and so much of your body i don't know if you've looked into this but so much of your body re- rejuvenates itself A- at different speeds of course not your teeth of course not those but but other things like uh oh like uh red blood cells white blood cells let's see red blood cells live approximately 4 months in this body and then they get replaced uh what else some cells, uh, let's see, every 10 years, some, some bone cells remodel themselves. Um, can't read my own writing here or my own typing. Liver cells, red blood cells live approximately four months. Liver cells live about five. You know, things are constantly being rejuvenated in my body, in your body. Now, of course, with age, all that slows down. You know, that's just the way it is. But built into our existence is life, death, rebirth. God brings life to barren places. So perhaps for those of us who this season, we, we look and we see some barren things, some hard, some broken things, we need to remember to be joyful for the salvation that gives us eternal life we need to remember that God's plan in our life is not complete yet because we're still breathing his plan is not over if I can walk away from a car accident his plan is not over for me either and I'm tired of saying that I said that in the summer but apparently God's plan is still that I keep breathing and I keep seeing his plan work itself out in my life and the same is true of you What's he going to do next year, you know? What's he going to do in 10 years? What kind of life is he going to bring in some amazing places in your life? We're going to respond in song and joyfully proclaim the Savior who came to bring life. Pray with me. Worship team, come on up. Jesus, we are so full of your life even those of us that are sick, even those of us that are not well, even those of us that know that there is a limited amount of days that we have, we know that we are full of your salvation and that even our own death only leads to greater life. We're so thankful. Help us to be so full of joy at the life that you've given us. Help us be so full of trust when we don't see the life that we want to see yet, when we see broken relationships, broken people, broken stuff in our own life, when we see barrenness and and walk in desert places, help us to trust you and know that your plan is not over yet. And may we, like Zechariah and Elizabeth, Keep praying. Help us keep praying, knowing that as as surely as incense rises, our prayers go up to you. In Jesus' name, amen.